morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's a first alert weather day. So let's go straight to the first alert weather desk. All right, today is a first alert weather day. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. Some off and on showers today, especially near the coast this morning and moving inland this afternoon. Then the rain picks up in intensity tonight into tomorrow. Some pockets a heavy rainfall. In fact, some spots could get up to three inches of rain. Most of you well below that, but it will be breezy inland with windy conditions along the coast and a high risk of rip currents. High temperatures today only in the upper 60s and it will be even cooler tomorrow at 65 average highs 85 degrees so not the ideal start to our Memorial Day weekend we will improve slight chance of a shower Sunday a little bit better chance of a shower thunderstorm but we'll be near 80 degrees both Sunday and Monday you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast powered by the Low Country's news leader Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. Police say a suspect is in custody after a standoff in downtown Charleston lasted more than two hours. According to police, officers tried to make a traffic stop at the intersection of East Bay Street and Morrison Drive when that person ran from police. Now, authorities tell us the suspect went into a home on Blake Street and then barricaded himself inside. The people who live inside that house were able to get out while police worked to get the suspect to come outside. The suspect finally came outside around midnight and was taken into custody. There's no word yet on any charges he may face. The man at the center of the four-day multi-agency manhunt throughout the Lowcountry appeared in federal court for the first time since being taken into custody. Yesterday's hearing for 34-year-old uh, Michael Burham was quick, taking less than 15 minutes. In it, Burham asked to have his detention hearing in New York, where he's accused of rape and unlawful imprisonment of a woman. Burham is also wanted out of Pennsylvania for kidnapping two people at gunpoint and driving them to North Charleston. He's also a suspect in a murder case. New court documents have also revealed Burham left a note in that car for his dad, where he says he was not sorry for what he did. A judge ruled the U.S. Marshals would take Burham back to New York for his detention hearing. A date for that has not yet been set. A lawyer who allegedly conspired with Alec Murdoch to take settlement funds from Murdoch's housekeeper has pleaded guilty. Yesterday in federal court, Corey Fleming admitted to conspiracy to commit wire fraud. The U.S. Attorney's Office says Murdoch and Fleming conspired to take settlement funds from the family of Gloria Satterfield when she died after a fall at Murdoch's home. Fleming then used that money for himself. As part of the plea deal, Fleming will have to cooperate as a witness for the U.S. government for future investigations. In return, prosecutors will recommend Fleming to serve any jail time in federal prison and any future state convictions be served at the same time as the federal sentence. Fleming has not yet been sentenced, but he does face up to five years in prison and a $250,000 fine. According to the state attorney general's office, the state spent $264,000 on housing witnesses travel, and other materials in the six-week-long double murder trial that convicted Alec Murdoch. That money came from taxpayer dollars. Over $170,000 went to lodging, but the largest single expense came from the state paying forensic consulting firm Park Dietz & Associates over $37,000. The AG's office says the firm did not arrange any witnesses, but did consult on criminology. Folly Beach police say a 22-year-old is facing a reckless driving charge for a crash that shut down the Folly Beach Bridge. Police say Aisha Alston was going very fast and tried to pass a car on the bridge and slammed head-on with another car. 
This happened around 8 p.m. Wednesday night. Police tell us Alston was seriously hurt and at last check is still in the hospital. South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster has put pen to paper on the state's fetal heartbeat bill, making most abortions in South Carolina illegal. State law will now ban abortions once fetal uh, cardiac activity is detected, typically around six weeks and before many women know they're pregnant. There are some exceptions to the law, those being to save the life of the mother, a fetal anomaly that would prevent the fetus from living, and in the case of rape or incest. This bill is similar to the state's previous six-week abortion ban, which was struck down by the state Supreme Court. However, this time around, supporters think the bill is different enough to stand up against the court. The same group that filed the lawsuit last year to put a halt to the ban has filed another lawsuit aimed at doing the same thing. In a statement, Planned Parenthood South Atlantic says, State lawmakers have once again trampled on our right to make private health care decisions, ignoring warnings from health care providers and precedent set by the state's highest court just a few months ago. The decision of if, when and how to have a child is deeply personal and politicians making that decision for anyone else is government overreach of the highest order. We will always fight for our patients' ability to make their own decisions about their bodies. A hearing on the lawsuit is scheduled for this morning. The Charleston County School District has narrowed down its pool of superintendent candidates to three. The next step, allowing the community to meet and ask questions to each person. The district is inviting the final three candidates for a day in the district, which includes the candidates speaking to the board, touring schools, and answering questions from a focus group. Last night at the first of three meet and greets, the community got the opportunity to meet Dr. Eric Gallian, a superintendent from Racine, Wisconsin. Pam McKinney, the chairwoman of the CCSD Board of Trustees, says the district took community and board input and created the profile of an ideal superintendent candidate for the district. But I really hope that whatever superintendent we bring in understands that teachers have to be prioritized and listening to what our teachers need across the district. Now, the board chair says yesterday included the candidate speaking to the board, touring schools, and talking to that focus group, as we mentioned. Next Wednesday, the 31st, Dr. Charles McNulty, who is a superintendent in Little Rock, Arkansas, will be in town. District officials say they're in the process of confirming a visit from the third finalist for Tuesday, May 30th. For a link to the recording of that full focus group from yesterday, where you can hear Galleon directly speak Head over to live5news.com and click on this web story. A book about human trafficking and rape is sparking debate in Berkeley County schools. The book is sold by Patricia McCormick. You see it there. It tells the story of a girl from Nepal sold into sex slavery in India. According to BCSD, the debate started when that book was assigned in an English 2 course at one of the high schools. Those against the book being taught say it goes against South Carolina's law, which states it's unlawful for anyone to knowingly distribute obscenity. One opponent argues it could also do more harm than good to students. Other parents say the content makes readers more educated and empathetic, making them better critical thinkers. The school district says they're working with parents and teachers on picking literature in the classrooms and media centers. There's also a policy in place that gives parents the ability to request a review of instructional material at any time. Exclusively, exclusively here on Live 5, we have learned Palmetto Railways has started construction on a new rail line, which will connect the low country to other parts of the country. The rail line will service Camp Hall Commerce Park. It currently houses Volvo's plant and will soon be the home of the largest investment in South Carolina, Redwood Materials. 
Palmetto Railways says the line will connect to an existing CSX rail line. Officials hope the addition of this rail line will get more investment to come to the area. The project will cost around $185 million and will be funded through state and federal dollars as well as from Volvo and CSX. The State Department of Health and Environmental Control is launching a new way to track sickle cell disease in South Carolina. Clinical Pursuit is a voluntary registry system for patients with the disease aimed at creating a community among the sickle cell disease population. The information entered will help organizations make decisions to better support patients, provide care, and distribute resources. The registry will also allow DHAC or clinicians to process data and act on results quicker than ever before. Music can have a profound impact on the mind, and to highlight that impact, Roper St. Francis is launching a new initiative. It's called Music for the Mind, and it's part of their concert series at Credit One Stadium to raise awareness of the benefits of music and what mental health resources there are in the Low Country. Officials with Roper say they hope the campaign will help let people know they're not alone and help them find resources to help them with their mental health journey. As part of the initiative, Roper has created a playlist of the artists in their concert series. It's available on Spotify and Apple Music. Well, it's time. The Spoleto Festival is here and opening ceremonies kick off today. That festival is 17 days and nights at more than nine venues in Charleston. And we have everything you need to know on what you can expect this year. Live Five's Alicia Wimberly joins us now in downtown Charleston at one of the festival's locations. So Alicia, tell us what's going to be revealed there today. Good morning. Katie, it might be dark right now, but imagine this place full of people come this afternoon and this evening. And I've been told to expect music, culture, and pushing the boundaries of what art can be, what art is, and what artists are doing. Today kicks off the 47th season, and everything will be in full swing with about 300 artists making up this year's festivities. American soprano opera singer Nicole Heaston will be singing the national anthem Charleston Jazz Academy students will be playing a piece from South African composer Abdullah Ibrahim and a performance from the female drummers of Rwanda will all be on display at the opening ceremonies. Jenny Oilette, Associate Director of Media Relations for the Sp Spolito Festival, uh, says they have more than 100 performances across the 17 days and the prep was easier said than done. There's a magic that happens. Um, the festival makes the city alive. Um, there's so many people around that are creative, that are, you know, here in Charleston, pulling out the creativity from every corner. Uh, it's enchanting. Uh, there's magic everywhere. Now, due to inclement weather forecast this afternoon, the Spoleto Festival's opening ceremonies will officially be held at Festival Hall at 46 Buthane Street. So rain or shine, the festival will still go on as planned. Now, tickets are available online. You can find those on our website, of course, at live5news.com and click under this web story, as well as another thing called uh, Plan As You Go. It's a new ticket funding that they're doing for the festival. And, of course, you can find that online as well. You can also get your tickets in person right here downtown at the Charleston Visitor Center. Reporting live here in downtown, Alicia Wimberly, Live 5 News. On this date in 1962, the Isley Brothers released Twist and Shout. 
And on this date in 1971, Don McLean recorded his famous song, American Pie, in New York City. It wouldn't be released until the following November, however. But when it was released, it quickly achieved a record. Can you guess what the record was? At more than eight and a half minutes long, it became the longest song to top the Billboard chart in history. Celebrating birthdays this Friday, singer Stevie Nicks is 75. Actor Philip Michael Thomas from Miami Vice is 74. Country singer Hank Williams Jr. is 74. General Hospital's Jeannie Francis is 61. And the man who created South Park, Matt Stone, turns 52. Thanks so much for joining us for Morning Y'all, powered by Live 5 News. Hope you have a great Friday and a great holiday weekend. I'll talk to you next week. Morning, y'all, is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.